We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. I do want to start a little mini-series this morning on something that I think is very important to us. Maybe it'll last a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks. Uh, but it's how God sees His Word. How God sees His Word. Um, Psalm, Psalm 119 and 89 tells us that God's Word is forever settled in heaven. It's forever settled. Uh, you get into the New Testament, Second Peter, I believe it's chapter 1, verse 19 or 20, right in there, that, that, that n- no prophecy of the Word of God is given for private interpretation. Uh, just a couple of scriptures, scriptures for us to understand that God's Word is God's Word. God's Word never changes. God, God's Word is, is uh, and here's a word we don't use a lot about God's Word, but God's Word is accurate all of the time. God never misses a beat, never it's accurate all the time. And so often we miss the intent of Scripture because we don't understand how God sees His Word. We, we look at Scripture from a human point of view. And so when we look at Scripture from a human point of view, uh, from the human dynamic, right, you know, from the natural rather than spiritual, a lot of times we miss how God sees it because God sees His Word a lot different than we as humans see it. So I'm going to start with this question. Do you see God's Word the way God sees His Word? Do you see God's Word the way God sees His Word? Well, the only way to answer that is for us to find out how God sees His Word, right? And so that's what we're going to do with this little series. To the degree that we see the Bible like God sees the Bible determines how we walk with God. Do you understand? Every one of us is at a different degree of understanding in Scripture here today. All, if you want to use level, however, I don't like using level because it sounds like a big eye and little you thing. So we'll go, we use the word degree. We're, we're, all, we're, all, uh, we're all walking with God at a different degree. You've probably heard bishops say this, you know, we all serve a, a different God. And, and that's really what he means. He doesn't mean that out of the 25 in here, there's 25 gods that we all serve. We understand that. But we all serve God to the degree that we understand God. And how do we understand God? We understand God through His Word. And so I want to talk a little bit about how God sees His Word. So that's how we're going to start. Uh, we're going to look at a lot of Scripture throughout this uh, series. So uh, just kind of stay with me. I'll try to, I'll try to go slow just so we can turn from... Because I like... You know, I like for people to not just hear, hear, but read. Because there, there's one thing to hear it. You know, it's the old deal in the Acts. If you've got your back to, to the, the crossroads in a street, and there's an act, you hear, bam, you know there was a wreck. But you can't go to court and be a witness of that. Why is that? Because you only heard it. And that's not admissible. In, what you hear is not admissible in court and when, when it's a an automobile accident. It's what was seen. If you were standing there watching it and you saw it happen, you would know what happened. That, that's admissible in a court. And understand this about word. Well, a lot of times we hear the Word of God, but we don't see the Word of God. God sees it a certain way. He spoke it that way because He sees it a certain way, and He wants us to not just hear, 
Be ye not hearers, but doers as well. So how are you a doer? You've got to see it. In order to do God's Word, you've got to see it. You've got to understand it. You know, if God said, go win the world, let's just say God put in the Scripture, go win the world, how would you do that? You would hope that God put in there how to win the world, right? Well, God has done that. But first, we've got to see how God sees. As we're going through this word, continually ask yourself this question. Let it become the forefront of your mind. Do I see God's word like God sees his word? So turn with me to Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. We're going to start there, and we're going to, we're going to move around in Scripture. And so as we move around, I'll tell you, if, if we're going to come back to one, I'll tell you to hold your finger there so that you don't, you, you ever done that? Preacher is preaching from Scripture and says, turn to this one, you turn to that one, and he didn't tell you he's going back. So now you've got to turn back. And gets, so I'll try not to do that to you. Verse 2, hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. This is a central theme of God's Word. For the Lord has, remember this, the Lord hath spoken. So now turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. But don't keep your finger in Isaiah 1. Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to start with verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus... Verse 20 says, By a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Verse 21, And having an high priest over the house of God. Verse 22, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. All of God's promises, everything He's given to you and me, they all hinge on whether or not we believe the one who made the promise and if He's faithful. All the promises that God gave to us in Scripture all hinge on the fact whether or not you believe that the one who gave the promise is a faithful God. Otherwise, the promises don't mean anything. God is faithful in a few promises. He's a faithful in 50%. 75, no, he's faithful in all. So the first thing you have to understand about how God sees his word is God made promises in his word, and God is a faithful God. Every promise, every promise is to be fulfilled. You have to believe it. You have to see it like God. Do you see God's promises like God sees God's promises? Well, I believe God promised that we would not do this and this, but, you know, that's for them. Or I believe God said He would provide this and this, but not for us. No, God's, God's a provisional God, and His promise is provision. Do you, do you see it like He sees it? You know, it's kind of the deal when we were kids. I, I never really ever wondered whether or not we were going to have dinner. It never came across. Why is that? My parents were provisional parents. We always had dinner. I didn't, you know, six years old, didn't get up in the morning before I went to school and said, Mama, we're going to have dinner tonight? Never crossed my mind. 
because they were provisional parents. We always had dinner. God's a provisional God. So understand something about God's word. If God promised it, it's going to happen. It will happen. The thing is, you've got, to, you've got to believe in the one that made the promise. That, that's critical to understanding how God looks at his own word. If you don't believe he's faithful, you can't walk in his promise. If you don't believe God's faithful, you can't walk in his promise. It's not, it's not going to happen. Sometimes that's hard to do, though, isn't it? Sometimes Let's be realistic here. Sometimes it's hard to do because of circumstances and situations. So that's, again, why we need to understand why, how God sees his word. Do we see it like God sees it, or do we see it from another dimension, from another view, from a human point of view? Most of us see God's word from a temporal point of view. Most of us don't see God's word from an eternal point of view. God's word's eternal. There is no temporal word of God. And so because it's eternal, it's forever And if we will refocus our mind on the fact that because God's word is forever and see it as God sees it, forever if God said it, forever it's going to happen. So let's keep going. The reason most of us have a hard time at times doing that is because most of us don't keep all of our promises. It's hard to believe that God will keep all of his because, after all, we don't keep all of ours. Now, we don't say it that way, but a lot of times we live it that way. We, we look at God un, under that approach that, well, you know, I missed a few promises, so God might. So I, I need to learn to keep. Here's the deal. If Don would learn to keep his promises better, maybe he would learn to trust God more. After all, the Scripture says that if we follow after Christ, if we follow after Spirit, and so that's the thing that we need to do. Now, now listen, I'm not talking about working our way, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but understand this. The better we are adapted into God's Word, the more we begin to understand God. That's the purpose of His Word. And again, this is going to go for a few weeks. So understand this. God's Word is not who God, all of who God is. That, that book would be bigger than this earth. God's Word is God's word to his people, us, on how to have a relationship with him. And that's all God's word is. It's about, God's word is about one person. Everybody say his name. Jesus Christ. From the beginning to the front to the back, God's word is about one person. Jesus Christ. And the purpose of God's word is to show us to how to have that relationship. It doesn't tell us the other side, the hinder parts of God, as Moses saw the hinder parts. God doesn't have hinder parts. God's a spirit. So that's a reference to something else. The parts that we don't see. Moses was able to see some parts of God that no other human ever experienced. You know, maybe he saw what was on the other side of the universe, the galaxy. Beyond the stars. Who knows? We don't know. But understand this. That's what that means. So the, just understand that this word is divinely directed to you and me. So we need to see it how God sees it. Because when we do that, we're going to understand it a little differently. Uh, look at Hebrews 10, verse 35. Hebrews 10, verse 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. 
which hath great recompense. That word recompense is repayment. So let me say it this way. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Your confidence has a great repayment of reward. Your confidence in God and His Word will reap you a great reward. If you believe He's the God that said it, and if you believe He said it, and He said it, that you know, remember the sticker, God said it, I believe it, that, well, take out the I believe it. God said it, that ends it. Whether you believe it or not, God said it. I understand that. Whether you believe it or not, God said it, and that's it. Me believing it just benefits me. You believing it benefits you. So, Understand this, confidence in the one who made promises. His word, forever settled, no private interpretation. His word is for you and I. His word, the purpose, his word became flesh for you and I. All the, understand how God sees his word. Verse 36, for ye have need of patience. That Man, that, I guess this is my verse. For ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Boy, now here we go. If you want to understand how God looks at His Word and come into that correlation with God, understand this verse right here. After ye have done the will of God, there's a lot of people that want to understand God and want to understand God's Word, but they don't want to do the will of God. And there's a big thing because you have to do... When, you, when do you receive the promise? By this verse right here, when do you receive the promise? This, this is, that's not a, this is a, yeah. After you've done the will of God. Many people are claiming the promises of God. They just don't want to do the will of God. They just want the promises. It doesn't work that way. That's why they're confused about how God sees his word. They see it differently. And it confuses them. Understand how God sees this. God's intent is for us to do perform His will. We'll talk about that some. And again, we're not talking about working our way into heaven, working our way into salvation. We're not talking about that. We're talking about how God sees His Word. Do I see God's Word like God sees His Word? You have to some, somewhat you know, understand this. God's promises are God's promises. The Bible says they're yea and amen. What does that mean? means there's no negative there, right? They are, they are. So understand this about God's Word. If you will look at God's Word as yea and amen, in other words, every word God spoke just is, then now you're on the right track. If you're, if you're, if you're not in line with God's Word, then you're going to miss out on God's promises. Now again... When we talk about being in line with God's Word, a lot of us came from an old, distant past where being in line with God's words meant that you did this, 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 this. You know, check that box, 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 and I didn't say that, 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 and I didn't go here, 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 and here, and I didn't watch this, this. That's not what this is talking about at all. It's not what it's talking about at all. Being in line with God's Word is understanding how God sees His Word. When you under, understand how God sees His Word, uh, then the promises begin to happen. Because when you understand how God sees His Word, it's natural to perform the will of God. It becomes natural. How many of you, when how many of you took driver's education? 
we had to take driver's education course in class. So, so in driver's education, you had to do the 10 and 2, right? You had to put your hands on the steering wheel 10 and 2. Never in, in the entire time that I was taking the class did I ever think about driving like this. Only after I became a seasoned driver. You learn to operate something. I don't have to do 10 and 2 now. I can operate my vehicle that way. I, I can operate my vehicle with my knee. I can drive down 20 with my knee. Oh, yeah. I can drive a car. With, I don't need any arms. Now, if I have to make a sharp turn, we have a problem. That's a little difficult. But understand this. As you get older, as you begin to learn more, as you begin to discover how God sees it, things become simpler for you. And you naturally do those things. You naturally do those things. Again, listen, this isn't about working your way into heaven or, or about working your way into being saved. It's about operating in the Word of God to walk in His promises. You've got to see God's Word like God sees God's Word in order to walk in His promises. Verse 37 of the same chapter. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Verse 48. Now the just shall live by f- faith. The just shall live by If any man draw back, my soul shall not have no pleasure in him. Now again, this is the apostle writing. Draw back from what? If any man draw back, draw back from what? Simple. The just shall live by, if any man draw back, my soul, any man draw back from faith. Okay, I'm simple, y'all know. Keep your thumb right there. Turn to Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Keep your thumb in that place. Don't lose it. Keep. We're talking about seeing God's Word like God sees His Word. But without, it is impossible. Without faith, it's impossible. I'm going to show you something here. So to draw back from faith means you can't please God. You agree? No? That's what it says. All right, now go back. We'll go back to verse 39 of the previous. Will you or not? of them who draw back unto perdition. We are not them that draw back unto perdition. That word perdition means ruin or loss, destruction in the Greek. So we are not of them that draw back into ruin or loss. See, when you draw back from faith, you create ruin in your life. You create havoc, destruction. But of them that believe to the saving of the soul, the Again, I'm setting a stage here, and I want you to understand uh, there's something about faith that, that is very tied into how God sees His Word. God sees His Word in the way that when we see His Word, faith is always an obligation of Word. Faith is always an obligation of Word. If you believe He's the one, and if you believe He said it and that settles it, then if you have faith in it, there's an obligation that comes with word, and that's faith and belief. The problem that most of us is is we look at it as only an obligation, not an opportunity. 
So let's keep going. Look at chapter 11. We were in chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10 there. Now look at chapter 11. Now understand this as you're looking chapter 11. Understand that it is in, in the origin of Scripture, when the Scripture was uh, first interpreted, there were, there were no verses or chapters. It was running word. And so a lot of times when we look at chapters and verses, we think there's a separation of idea, when in fact there's not. So from chapter 10 to 11, we're still, the writer's still running with the same idea. The same idea. Understand, you've you got to notice that he continues in verse 1 in faith. Now, now is the substance of things hoped for evidence of things not seen. Your faith depends on who you believe. Mm. Your faith doesn't depend on what you believe. It depends on whom you believe. That, that's where people get in trouble with faith. Faith doesn't work in Scripture if you don't believe in Him. Oh, I believe in Him. I, I trust Do we really believe in Him? Well, His Word is who He is. Yeah? His Word is who He is. It's the portion of who He is for us to have relationship with Him. So, understanding how God sees His Word. Your faith is supposed to be in the one who is faithful. Your faith is supposed to be in the... In other words, when you look into God's Word, understand this, that when you read God's Word, the faith of the Word is in the faithful one. If not, it's misplaced faith. It's misplaced faith. So, so we started from this vantage point. God, remember the Scripture in the first, God has spoken? We started with that verse. I didn't just throw that out there. So, so we see that he, he's spoken. If he's spoken, he's faithful. So whatever God has spoken, whatever we see in Scripture, whatever his word is, that's faithful because that's who he is. So if the word is faithful, then how does God see his word? Now, I told you we're going to look at a lot of Scripture, so let's go. Turn to Romans chapter 10. Just stay with me. This, this is a foundational lesson here that's going to take us into how God sees His Word. And do I see God's Word how God sees His Word? Oftentimes, again, while you're turning to Romans 10, oftentimes we don't see God's Word how He sees it. He's a faithful God, a just God. He's a true God. His word is forever settled. What does that mean, forever settled? Not going to change? No ambiguity? Good. It's clear? Precise? Good, Scott. Forever settled. Say again? Outside of time. Eternal. What, what we have to recognize is the word that we have today in Scripture was there way before we ever even came on the scene. See how God sees His time. See how God sees His word. See how God sees His creation. Before the foundations of... What is a foundation? It's what you build on. What's the foundation of this building? Concrete. Concrete. Okay. 
before the foundations, of the, before God ever built upon the world, Jesus Christ was crucified. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Jesus showed up a little later than, no, because you understand how God sees his word way, way before it ever even takes place. So how God sees his word. So let's keep going. Romans chapter 10. We're going to look at Romans 10 in the context. Romans 10 is one of the many chapters in Romans that's taken out of context in, in the denominal world. Uh, we're going to see how, that God, what God spoke and how God sees it. Why do I say that? For, if you look in Romans 10, when you first look at, the, at, chap, at verse 1 in Romans chapter, Paul is writing, again, to the church in Rome. That's what the Rome, to the church in Rome, okay? So when you write, if I was going to write to the church in Dallas and I was going to talk to them about God, I wouldn't tell them how to be saved. They're already in the church. I'm not writing to them on how to be saved. I'm, I'm writing to them to how to maintain a walk with God. That's what the book of Romans is. The book of Romans is not a book that Paul wrote to people in Rome, but to the church. Just read cha- chapter 1. Read the first couple of verses. He wrote it to the church so, so that the church understands how to continue to live for God. In the church at Rome were Jews. In Romans chapter 10, when you first read it, it's Paul's declaration to his own people, because he's a Jew, that he's praying for them. And so this is a prayer that Paul's praying for them. And in that understanding of that prayer, and I'll just go through it real quick for you. You can look at it later. He says, listen, under the days of Moses, Moses was under the law and brought the law to our people, the Jews. But understand this. Jesus came, and he's the fulfillment of the law. And so in order for a Jew to believe that Jesus was the fulfillment of the law, the Jew had to abandon the law of Moses. Totally abandon. Do you know how hard that was? Whew. Yeah. Yeah, they were ostracized, excommunicated, heretics, looked at, looked at all the other Jews that didn't believe that Jesus was Messiah, looked at them, now, now you're one of the dogs. So understand, in this chapter, as you read it, and go back and read it later, you'll see it. As he's saying these things, he, he, the understanding is they have to totally declare that old law and Jesus as Messiah. And so when you get down about verse 12 there, you've all heard this. Who's got Romans 10? I want you to be involved here. Romans 10. Nobody has Romans 10. Everybody has it? Huh? Let me turn over here with you. Thank you. Keep going.
Okay. For who shall ever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, there's entire doctrines of denominations that say if you call on the Lord, you're saved. Jesus said, unless you repent, you shall likewise perish. I don't see anything about repentance here. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I don't see anything about baptism here. You understand, Paul's not writing to the people in Rome, the church in Rome, and tell them how to be saved. He said, listen, you can't call on Moses and the law anymore. You've got to call on the name of Jesus. That gives them the opportunity to enter into relationship. The opportunity. There's still more to it than calling on the name. That just gave the Jew the opportunity now, since they've walked away from Judaism and came into Christianity, now they have the opportunity to, to know how to be born again. And his prayer was for his people. When he's writing to the Jews here, his prayer was for his people. He's talking to the church. He's saying, listen, there's a lot of folks in Rome. There's a lot of Jews in Rome that need to understand what you know. When you came into the church, when you were born again, they need to understand that. That's really what this is all about. So uh, his discourse is that in order for them to be saved, they just have to acknowledge Jesus as, as the Messiah. Let's look at verse 14 again. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How do you call on somebody you've not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? You understand that Pastor Don's a preacher, but you understand you're also a preacher, right? I'm the pastor here, but we're all preachers. Go, go and preach the gospel to all, every creature. That wasn't to the pastor of the church. When Jesus said preach the gospel, he was talking about you and you and you. We're all preachers. We're preachers of the gospel. See, modern day or westernized Christianity has brought us to the point where we have placed positions in the church. Therefore, it takes the responsibility off of us. We can throw it on someone else. Well, he's the preacher. He's supposed no, well, yes, I am the preacher. So are you. I've heard pastors talk about how their feet were beautiful. How their feet were beautiful. What doesn't it just say here how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel? And the pastors themselves will see how beautiful my feet are because I'm the pastor. I'm the preacher. It's talking about every one of you. Every one of you that preach the gospel, in God's eyes, you have, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Why would you say how, how beautiful are the feet? Wouldn't you think the head, the nose, the arms? I, you know, there's not many beautiful feet in the world. What do you suppose that might mean? It's the reference you're willing to walk. You're willing to go. Go and preach the gospel. Go ye into all the world. Jesus said, go, 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 go. How beautiful are the feet of them. How beautiful are those that go and preach the gospel. 
God sees you as beautiful. Now, God has made some very beautiful things. Just look around the world, the world we live in, and you see some very beautiful things. But to Him, you are the most beautiful if you just simply preach the gospel. Verse 15 is, And how shall they preach except they be sent? And as is written, how beautiful. Because they're bringing glad tidings of good things. Verse 16, But they have not obeyed, they have not all obeyed the gospel, or they have not obeyed what God has spoken. For as I say, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God is saying your faith comes through his word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How God sees his word. Do I see God? How God, do I see his word? How he sees his word. So your faith is doesn't come by what God's done for you in your life. Sorry. You know, I really have a lot of faith in God because he gave me money to make my rent last. That, that doesn't produce faith in your life. Faith doesn't come from that. Faith doesn't come from, man, I barely missed that car wreck. I was, I was the car ahead and barely missed that car wreck. That, that's a blessing from God, but that does not build faith. No more than any miracle in Scripture built faith in the people. You look at the miracles that Jesus performed, people you normally walked. They normally walked. There were those that followed Jesus, but they, most people walked. Most people the Bible says, watch Jesus from afar. They wanted to be involved, but not a participant. And there's a lot of people that want to be involved in the church, but not a participant. That's not how God sees His Word. Let's keep going. So, God again, faith cometh by and hearing by, okay, so that's pretty simple, isn't it? How does God see His Word? The faith that you have in God comes via His Word. How in the world will we not be in His Word every day? Pastor, I just don't have the faith for it. Well, you know where you can find that, don't you? In the Word. You see, the purpose of the Word, this is how God sees it. The purpose of the Word is to seed faith in you. You believe the one that's faithful? The purpose of the Word. Again, please allow me to build this foundation because it's going to be critical to understand this in order to go to the next few lessons. Absolutely. Many people receive word into mind, but it never drops into the heart. There are people, I can tell you, there are people around here, around here that know the Bible probably better than anybody of us in here, and they're not Christians. They're not Christians, but they know, they, they've heard the word. They've, the word has to drop into your heart. That's why faith cometh by hearing, and here, and hearing by the Word of God, it drops in here. So let's keep going. God's Word is the faith producer in your life. 
If you want more faith, get more of God's. He, he gives us the way to have faith so that we, we are pleasing to Him. See, without faith, it's impossible to please God. God made this simple for you and me. If we'll get in His Word, we become pleasing to Him. It's, it's not how you dress or what you look. It's not how, and what you say is important, all that. But listen, it's not any of that stuff. A lot of times we want to please God by what we do. You know, I'm at church every Sunday. Thank you. God bless you. I'm glad you are. Boy, it's quiet, isn't it? <laughs> I do this and I do that. But listen, the whole premise of word is to build faith in you. The word is the faith producer. And when we have faith, we please him. So he gives us what we need to please him. There's nothing you can do to please him. There's nothing you can do to please him except see his word as he sees his word. And he sees his word as the faith producer, the pleaser. Do you see God's word like God sees his word? Turn to John 5, 24. Sometimes when you're building a foundation, you see the bricks over here and the blocks over here, and you think, man, that, this, this doesn't look anything like a building. But as it goes on, and as the, as the pieces are put together, you, you see a building. John 5, 24, Jesus is talking to his disciples here. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. He that heareth my and believeth on him that sent me. So we're back to the faithful one. The faithful one. John 6, 63. John 6, 63. This kind of says the same thing, but just in a little different. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. How does God see his word? His word is spirit. How does God see his word? It's life. This right here is spirit. This right here is life. That's what Jesus just said. So how do you see it? Well, turn with me to John chapter 14. I told you we're going to go through, so I'll tell you if you need to put your thumb there. John 14. I know I'm in John quite a bit. We'll, we'll eventually get out of John. We'll, that's just good. It's a good place. You're right. You're right, Ron. It's a good place. There's a lot in there. John the Beloved. He's called John the Beloved for a reason. You understand that Jesus had his inner circle. There, there was an inner circle, but it wasn't that Jesus loved them more. It's that they loved Jesus more than the other disciples. Jesus loved all the disciples the same. But these inner circle loved Jesus more, and John was one of those. Verse 22, 
Judas saith unto him, that's not Judas Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. If we keep his words. Again, looking at how God sees his word, John 15 and 7. John 15 and 7. We're looking at how God sees his word. See, God's word's important. He wants us to hear it, to believe it. He wants us to keep it. These are all important factors in the word and how God sees it. Why is Pastor Don laying this simple foundation? Do we see it? Do we believe it? Do we keep it? Most problems in our lives as Christians stem from the fact that we don't. We don't hear it, believe it, and keep it. A lot of us hear it, and some of us believe it, but very few of us keep it. That's not, oh man, y'all getting mad at me now. I'm one of you. I'm talking about us. Keeping the Word of God is important. Keeping it is important. John 15 and 7. If you abide in me, and I abide in you. Is that what it said? I'm sorry. If you abide in me, and ah, abide in you. What does abide mean? Live deeply in. You know, we, we abide in a home in Elvord. You, you better not come and try to break into our home. <laughs> You're going to get as far as the door. You better not come to our home and cause disarray. <laughs> You're going to get as far as the door. You better not come to our home and try to attack our, my family. <laughs> You're going to get as far as the door. You understand who the door is in Scripture? When we abide in Him, Jesus is the door. And anything that comes to the door (laughs) stops right there. Jesus is the door. My words abide, and you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Here's, Here's how most Christians read this verse. If you abide in me, ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. That's how most Christians live that word. But that's not what it says. My words have to live in you. Live in you. Do you see God's Word like God sees His Word? God sees His Word as a living, breathing thing. John 15 and 10, right down, just a little bit down there. So there's a condition that's been set here. You realize that, right? You're where I just took you. There's a condition that was set here. I have to abide in Him, and His Word has to abide in me. Okay? If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. So if you keep the commandments, what are the commandments? Well, I'm not asking you to... What are the commands of God? A little secret. The commands of God. Here are the commands. We think of commands as the commandments. 
When Jesus said, keep my commandments here, he wasn't talking about the Ten Commandments. And he wasn't talking about keep the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, love thy neighbor as thyself. Keep my commandments. Jesus gave many commandments in his ministry. Many commandments. Because the Word is the command of God. The Word is the command of God. So, Keep my, if you keep my commands, commandments, you shall abide in my love. The only way to abide in the love of God is to, if you keep, if you, this is Jesus talking. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. So you notice there's a condition here. Notice that keeping the commandments is an indicator that you're abiding in the love of God. Verse 11, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. The word remain is the word abide. It's the same one. So far we understand that God put a great premium on His word, haven't we? I'm I'm, going to have to stop here. I'm going to have to stop here because I don't want to push through. So the first thing we have to, to learn and understand is how God sees His Word. And so, in the, next, in the next lesson, we'll continue with how God sees His Word, and we'll get into how you should see God's Word. Because, quite frankly, most of us don't see God's Word as God sees it. And why is it important that we see God's Word like God sees it? Why would that be important? I'll, I'll give you a chance to. Pardon? Woo. <laughs> that's big and that's heavy, Terry, because that's what the scripture says. Hmm. Very good. Very good. Did you hear that? The basis of it is this. Can I say this? The basis of it is this. If you see God's Word like you see God's Word, you're going to live in your own mind. If you see God's Word like God sees God's Word, you're going to live in God's mind. You're going to live in a whole different avenue, a whole different... Did you hear what Terry said? Because in the end... Depending on your dispensation is what word you're going to be judged by. Adam and Eve are going to be judged under a different dispensation, a different word. God has spoken to none of us about not eating of the tree. That's not our dispensation. So things to think about. So ask yourself this question, and we'll keep going next week. Do I see God's word like God sees God's word? For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.